Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Blunt Truth, the podcast about mental health, spirituality, well-being, whatever is on my mind today. I am your host, Candy, and welcome. Hey, you guys, how are you? I hope you are doing well. I hope you are feeling well. I'm so happy to be back with you, especially for another episode. But this episode in particular is one that I'm very, very excited to to do. Um, and excited when I say that, like, normally when I say excited, I'm like, you know, (laughs) but like when I say excited this time, I mean more so like this episode hits home for me. Um, this episode is very vulnerable for me, like the most vulnerable I will probably ever be, you know, (laughs) in life. Um, just because it has impacted me. And so, you know, let's just go straight into, you know, why it is that I I am doing this episode, but besides obvious, but um mostly so back in November, November 17th, I got diagnosed with stage 2B breast cancer and it was so it was literally right before my birthday too. So I was like, "What? That's like the worst present ever. What? What are you doing, God? What are you doing?" you know? <laughs> but like it it really hit me. Um as soon as I heard the words, you know, you have breast cancer, like me, me, you know? And um so I <laughs> I didn't even know how to feel. I went numb. Um I, I just, I didn't know, I I knew I just had to sit with it and compartmentalize. So I remember I got in my car and I'm driving and I'm like, I'm not going to tell anybody that I have this. Like, literally, this is what I said to myself. Like, you're not telling nobody. You're not going to tell your kids. You're not going to, when I say nobody, this is what I mean. Like my kids, my, you know, my, my mom, my sister, like, I'm not telling nobody. And the fact that I even thought that blew my mind because it was like my higher self was like, what? You know? And then so I remember I told my mom and my mom was shocked, you know, and she was like, you know, of course, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I'm sitting there literally on the floor. And then and when I tell you this episode is vulnerable, it's vulnerable. Okay. Like if you saw my face right now, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this, but it's for a reason. Um, so yeah, I told her and I just, I, I was just sitting on that floor and I was just like, I'm going to die. That's literally all I kept saying to myself is you're going to die. You're going to die. And <laughs> after I, I sat there, I, I mean, I cried, of course, you know, I cried hard. And then I, I remember I wiped my face and then I went into the the bathroom cause I was like, get it together, get it together. Like right now, you know? Um, and I, I looked in the mirror and I was like, you have it. It doesn't have you. You know what cancer is. You know that it's a, your body is purging something. So, you know, you ha- you're having a human moment, which is definitely necessary, you know, because I am a human. And you are experiencing trauma, you know, because it was a huge mental mind fuck, <laughs> you know. So I remember I was like, I'm not going to get this surgery. Like, I'm not going to chop off my boobs. What the fuck? No, I'm not. And like, it was like literally an internal battle when I'm telling you guys this. Like, I'm literally painting. I see the picture right now, you know. 
Um, I, I kept saying, you're not going to get this surgery. Like, I'm not going to walk around here with no boobs who does, like, not who does that, but I can't do that. And, and then it was like, I was looking at myself like, who the fuck are you right now? You would rather die than to get like, you know, like just saying it, you know, it, it, it's, it's literally, it was slapping me in the face. Like you would rather die over vanity. You would rather die because society says that breasts make you a woman. You would rather die because you don't want people to know what it is that is happening to you right now. What? What is what? And then I, it was a lot of sitting with myself, a lot, and a lot to process um, very shortly um, because I I would be like, okay, I'm going to get the surgery. Okay, no, I'm not. Like, again, it was back and forth. And, you know, I didn't talk to anyone about it. I didn't say anything. My mom was the only one that knew. And, and it all took me back to when we found out that my father had um, lung cancer and he didn't tell us, you know, and knowing that it takes like time for cancer to build up, you, you just know, you know, it, like he knew, but he just never told us. So then, I mean, I already told you that backstory, like I think a long time ago, but you know, he decided not to get treatment and he was just okay that he lived his life, you know? And then like, here I am. It was almost like, he was like talking to me. He was like, Candy, not you. You still have more to go. Like you have a life. You need to get it together right now. Like you're going to tell your kids when it's time. Cause I didn't want to tell them until like, I knew about like the next steps that I was supposed to take, you know, because everything was like coming at me at once, you know, and I just went in shutdown mode, like mentally, I was in shutdown mode, like complete autopilot. I was operating on the outside, but I was in complete autopilot, you know, like mentally, I was checked the hell out. Um, Because I was like trying to process it, you know, like my like, it was a lot of processing. So anyway, um, so I I remember I was like, okay, I want the surgery as soon as possible. So I ended up getting the double mastectomy um, in December. And I I remember the doctor was like, why do you want to do it before Christmas? And I was like, look, it's just my Christmas present that I'm giving to myself. Just give me the, you know, he was so sweet. So sweet he was. Oh my goodness. The sweetest, sweetest man. And um, so I did it. And then it was a lot of just sitting with myself after that to process the fact of, Candy, this is what you have to do. You have to, you know, do this. But so let me give you a backstory, though. So two years ago, well, 2020. Oh, well, yeah. And so I'm like doing math in my head and it shouldn't even be that hard. But anyway, so in 2020, I um I found the lump. It was a small little lump, you know, and I remember I was just like, oh, it's probably nothing like, you know, because, you know, I have autoimmune. So I'm like, it's probably nothing. I'm just having a whatever, like a moment or something. Um, And I remember I showed my mom. I was like, hey, like I have this lump here. And she's like, oh, it's probably nothing. But, you know, still make a doctor's appointment. So I made the appointment. But back then everything shut down, you know, because of covid. And um. So they were like, you're on a waiting list. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So, you know, I can't force to go in there. So I just thought nothing of it. But it was very interesting to me that that time frame that I was sitting and, you know, when everything was shut down and I wasn't able to, you know, um, do massages, I kept tell- like hearing in my head, Candy, you need to detox. Candy, you need to detox. And I'm like, what? Detox? Like, what is this? You know, because I was going pretty crazy on DoorDash, you know, <laughs> but like, I just kept hearing it. And then like, I kept hearing, you know, or like something just kept telling me 
you know, to look up this herb and look up these herbs. And again, all this is like a backstory. I've already said all this before, you know, in um another episode. But I'm just, it was just, it dawned on me when I was just like, oh my God, I was literally preparing myself, like mentally preparing myself for this moment. Like, again, my mind is further ahead than my body. You know, my mind was already there, but my body just has not caught up yet. That's just how it is with me. You know, I'm a pretty interesting, unique person. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and I was just like, why am I looking up these herbs? Why am I studying this stuff? Why? 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 You know, I was like driving myself crazy. Like the sacrifice that I put into like learning stuff, I'm trying to tell you it was no joke. And I never understood why I had to be so disciplined up until I sat with myself, you know, right before surgery. And was like, this is it this was it, you know, like you did all this studying on these herbs for a reason. You're taking these herbs, you're drinking these herbs for a reason. And not even just that, you're learning more about psychology for a reason. So you can strengthen your mind. You're learning more about self-love so you can learn to love who you are. Not what the world tells you how you should be to love who you are. Like I sacrifice so much for this moment. And it blew my mind when it all just came to me, you know, and I was just like, my goodness. So, you know, I, I got the surgery. And I remember when I was in the hospital that night, I kept getting so many visions. And I remember I kept like, I couldn't wait for everyone to leave because I was like, get away so I can like think I need to think, you know. And like, so I, I got all these visions kept coming to me. And like, so I would get my phone and I would write it down. Then I put my phone down and I go back to sleep. And then I wake up. It felt like I kept waking up like every 15 minutes or something, you know, but like I just kept writing it down, writing it in my phone every single time I got the dream or the vision, you know, and I'm like, gosh, what is this telling me? So anywho, I, um, I come out and, you know, I, I'm at home now and then it's like reality hits, you know? And so it was, it was it was still a lot to process, you know, everything. And I still, it was like, I detached from it. Like emotionally, I detached from it. But by detach, cause like I, I put more focus into work, but it's very ironic because my work is still me personally. When I'm working on myself, it's still me working because by me working on myself, I'm helping other people. Like that's what I do. You know what I mean? Just in in general when you know i i have like my business and whatnot with my life coaching like it's a 24 friggin 7 job when it comes to what it is that i do and um it was just a lot of like detaching from the emotions but understanding that you know this has happened candy it's time to accept and so um, I remember the oncologist, I went to my oncologist appointment. She was like, Candy. So she told me or she told me about like the pathology report and um, how it went from a 2B to a stage one. And she was shocked. She's like, I'm shocked. I'm like, dude, I'm not shocked, you know, because like and that wasn't me on cocky stuff when I said it to her. It was like, I'm not shocked because literally this is me in my head. Like I have been preparing for this. I did my part. I detoxed myself mentally and physically. I like I literally purged what I needed to purge just so I can like 
cleanse it out because again cancer is nothing but a mutated cell that is all it is based on the foods that we eat out here we know that there's like estrogen and things like that and if your body produces too much hormones or too many hormones excuse me too many like too much estrogen for women you will get breast cancer or uterine cancer it is what it is like these are facts you know and like it just blew my mind. Like literally, I'm still mind blown at it all, but I had to learn to accept what it is that happened to me physically and mentally, because they don't talk about the emotional, you know, part, the emotional trauma when it comes to anything that happens to you, you know, like we don't really touch on that because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want people to know that something is ha- like, you know, it's, it's messing with us. Like, and that's so sad because that's how we struggle. And that's why there's so many mental health issues that are out there. And, and I'm a, you guys know me. I'm a huge advocate when it comes to mental health. Huge. You know, like it is very important to understand yourself and understand your mind to be strong. And when I say strong, I don't mean like strong as in so you can take not like that. I mean, so you can like understand your your emotions. So when things do happen to you, you don't look at it. Why did this happen to me? Like I learned so much from this, so much. And it was like I applied it. And the interesting thing is, is I kept having clients who like before, like I got diagnosed, I kept getting clients who were on the other side of breast cancer. I it, like, it, it, and you know, I mean, nobody for no reason, you know, like it, it, it kept sticking to me. Like, why do I keep meeting these women? And I'm helping them through their blockages and their fears. I'm getting rid of stagnated energy for on them, telling, explaining to them, you know, you have uh, breast cancer. If it's in the, like, especially Like mine was on the left side. So I know that that was my heart chakra. I was going through things, you know, and I knew that my body was purging and that is what cancer is. So, you know, I'm explaining this to these women on a metaphysical level and I'm explaining to them how it affects them physically. And then I'm explaining to them how it affects them mentally. But it was like when I was saying it, it felt deep in my soul. And I just kept saying, why, why, you know, and like, It just, it ended up that it was me, you know? So the moral is, well, there's lots of morals, but to be, how do I want to say this? To accept who you are, how you are, is so important. It's so important. And it's crazy how peaceful life becomes when you accept your quote unquote flaws, So no one can use them against you. It's so important to accept. It's so important to understand your emotions and and understand that it's okay to feel them, to feel that fear. And don't be ashamed of that. It's important to understand that there is support that is out there for anything. But for this specific area, just with breast cancer, it's out here, you guys. This is happening to so many younger women, young women. I mean, I'm only 37, but there are women who've had it younger in their 20s. And it's like, when is it going to be, when are we going to, not we, but like, well, it is we. Like, when are we going to understand that we are being poisoned when it comes to, to like the foods? And again, I'm not sitting here saying be like, go be a health freak, but do know that this is not by accident. It's not. 
But before I get into that tangent, because you guys know I love getting on tangents, the bigger thing is just society. What this is really about is society and what society places upon us, telling us to us as women that breasts make us women and it defines who we are. No, it's our character that defines us. It's our humanity. It's our compassion that defines us. And we as people accept those terms that they deem on us. If you don't have breasts, then you aren't this. Like we, it's crazy how we internalize that. You know? All because we no longer fit into, quote unquote, society's little box. I never wanted to fit in society's box. Like, ever. I've always been that one who just never liked those labels. Always. Because those labels, it, it limits you. Mentally and physically. It limits you. Just because a cancer diagnosis comes to you, it doesn't mean it is the end-all, be-all. It does not. It doesn't. And the most interesting thing to me, like, for me, I didn't have to do chemo. God bless. Let me tell you, all this is God. All of it. All of this. Okay? I didn't have to do chemo. When my oncologist sat there and said that it went from a 2B to a 1, she was like, you don't have to do chemo. I was terrified that I had to do chemo because, like, I didn't want those chemicals in my body. I didn't. So, like, me drinking my, like, teas and whatnot, listen, I was not playing. I was not at all. And I did end up having to do radiation. And I'm still in radiation. Like, again, all this just happened, but it's so interesting because in my mind, I'm already, I'm healed. I'm a survivor, you know? But still, my physical, my human has to, like, still physically, you know, get there, you know? But, like, I'm so blessed to share this story, you know? Because, again, it's very vulnerable, Because a lot of people didn't know. I only told like a slim few people. And those slim few, I was like, yo, y'all better not say nothing. You know, like my friends know. I was like, don't say nothing. Because I don't, I don't. And and that was horrible too. Like for me to even say, well, it was my business. But like, don't say nothing. Like, why am I ashamed of that diagnosis? Why was I ashamed? You know? And like, it, it was a lot of mind fucks. Trust me. A lot. And I just want to say this, like some days you will give the world and some days you'll feel like you can't give a damn thing. And some days you will move mountains, you know, some days I feel like I can take on the world. And then there are days where I'm just like, yo, I don't even want to get out of bed, but you got to keep moving. It's you're allowed to not like if you don't want to get out of bed, relax, you know, don't. It's heavy. And I'm talking to the to the women who are still going through this, whether if you're a survivor or you're not a survivor, but listen, you're allowed to feel how you feel, but do not stay in that because that's how you remain sick. That is how you remain sick when you stay in those feelings. Feelings are not facts, but if you think it, you feel it, you feel it, you are. I can't stress that enough. So yes, feel your feelings, but don't stay in them. And some days you're going to want to tell your stories and some days you won't even find a damn word to like accurately express what it is that you're feeling because sometimes there are no words and that's okay too. It's okay. But that doesn't take away the fact that you 
are beautiful and that you are worthy and your presence is still needed in this world on both of those kinds of days. So if that's my biggest takeaway when it comes to, you know, breast cancer or any kind of cancer, but breast cancer right now, when I'm specifically speaking to like women right now, you're allowed to have those that just, it's okay. You're still needed and there's support out there. And the ladies that I have for this episode, they're going to share their stories and how all, how I met them. First of all, I grew, I joined this group called Here for the Girls. And it was a, like how it even happened was a business networking group that I went to with a friend and I was just going, you know, to support her. I was just like, I'll go, you know, (laughs) you know, um, and I ended up, (laughs) it all started over being a co-signer on someone's will. It's crazy. It was so crazy. One day, maybe I'll tell the story. I don't know. But it was crazy. But it brought me to meeting someone who was in the organization of Here for the Girls. And she's an amazing woman. And I would hope that she would be on the podcast one day to share her story as well. But then it brought me to going to a women's workshop um, and, and meeting a whole group of women. And let me tell you, I fanned out. I, like in my mind, I was like, look at all these beautiful, strong women. Wow. Like, literally, I fanned out. And so the two ladies that are on this next episode, they are um, co-facilitators, or they are facilitators in the um, Here for the Girls organization. And please look that up, because it's amazing support that is out there. And um, they're going to share their stories. And they're going to share their stories on how they overcome. Because, again, cancer is not a definition. It doesn't define you. You're a survivor. It's all I kept hearing, Candy, was live, live, live instead of signing a will, which was so interesting because, again, it all started over a will, you know, signing someone else's. But nothing in my life is, you know, like by accident. But, you know, I I don't everything that I was ever afraid of, I'm no longer afraid of when you're at that that stage where you could potentially see death. That right there should change your whole perception and nothing in this world should stop you from doing what it is that you came here to do. Nothing. And I mean that from my soul when I say this to you. Hear me when I say this. So yes, it is probably important to sign a will and be an adult. But write yourself a whole freaking letter on what it is that you want to do because you guys, we cheated death. We cheated death. Okay, hear me when I say that we cheated death. So now it's time to live because every single day that you're on this earth and you are not living, you are dying. It's time to live. So stay tuned to this next episode. Okay, talk to you later. Hello, everyone. Today, I have the honor of having two beautiful women that I met on today for being my co-host and the first one is Tara Cancel and then we have Christina Minor. Tara Cancel is a 38-year-old Navy wife and mom to her six-year-old daughter. She's an educator and writes immersive adventure curriculum for Hampton Roads and is reading at, oh, excuse me and is a reading interventionist. In her free time she loves everything Disney, me too girl, playing Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons, <laughs> lifting weights and practicing yoga. A native to South Florida, the Navy brought Tara and her family to Virginia Beach in 2018. A mere three months later, at the age of 33, she was diagnosed with invasive breast cancer. Since her diagnosis, she has become a fierce advocate for breast cancer awareness and empowerment. Tara, say hi to the people. 
Hello, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no problem. And then we also have the beautiful, beautiful Miss Christina Miner, who she is a native to Eastern North Carolina. I can't talk today, y'all. <laughs> She's married to a retired United States Marine, and they have two beautiful children and two gorgeous grandchildren. She graduated with honors with a bachelor's degree in sociology from the University of Arizona Global Campus. Presently, she is continuing her education with Liberty University in the Master of Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program. Additionally, she is a wellness coach, minister, qualified mental health professional for adults, co-facilitator for the newly diagnosed group um, here for the girls, Inc. and Calendar Ambassador, Miss January 2023, okay, <laughs> podcaster for our Scar Speak, or our Scar Speaker, excuse me, and an ally with multiple breast cancer organizations. Christina received her breast cancer diagnosis December 6, 2019, which led to a double mastectomy. Complications from reconstruction caused her to remain flat and fierce, and she continuously advocates for women and men contending with this dreaded disease. She has been known to be an advocate in interviews for Women's Health Magazine, local news stations, and BlackDoctor.org. Christina, say hi to the people. Hello. You guys, I'm hyped. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone can tell that I'm hyped, but ladies... What an honor again to have you on here. Meeting you all was amazing and how it all just got started. And I just would love for you all, whoever would love to go first, to just talk a little bit about yourselves. Who wants to go first? Oh, well, I, I as a teacher, I always, you know, enjoyed that moment where you ask for people to go in their silence. So I, I have no problem volunteering. <laughs> love it. Um. Yes, and thank you for that introduction. And I, I want to mention that um, I also co-facilitate with Christina uh, for our newly diagnosed group, and um, I'm a fellow calendar ambassador for October for 2023. So, Ooh, Miss October and Miss January. Come on now, where's the confetti for both of you, first of all? <laughs> Let me tell you, when I got that magazine, I literally, I wanted to kind of find each month like each person that was in that month and I was literally fanning out. I was like, I wanted someone to sign it. Like, can you sign this one? You know, cause literally you guys are amazing. When I walked into that women's workshop, all the energy that I felt, it was amazing. And I was just honored to be there and to be a part of what it is that you all have going on for here for the girls. Yeah. Like seriously. Thank you. It's definitely, we say it all the time. It's the group that you never want to be a part of, but I'm glad you are. Um, because the relationships that we have built, this sisterhood, it really is a sisterhood. And it, there's nothing like it, truly. It's, it's incredible. And it has helped so much through, you know, I, th I think both of our journeys, Christina and myself. Um, so yeah, and I mean, you want us to kind of start with our diagnosis, like how? Yeah, I mean, I, I, cause I hate to just start with that because there's a life before that, right? Right. <laughs> like, but that part, because Terry, yeah. you were 38, 30, right? 30. No, 33. Yeah. You were that. That's young. Yeah. So how how was it for you when you first got diagnosed? Um, mentally was... and of course physically, <laughs> but mentally first. Right. Um. You know, I was in fight mode, go mode immediately. And it was crazy because we are a Navy family. We had just moved cross country from California 
um, moved to Virginia Beach in January, did not have any family here, was diagnosed April, April 6th. So it's coming up. Um, I, I went for, and I'm so glad I stuck with it. I went with my, for my routine pack. And um, thankfully I was on top of my, you know, medical stuff that I had to do. And the nurse practitioner found the lump and um, sent me immediately for a mammogram. And once we had our, it happened so quickly. I had my mammogram, the next day I had my biopsy and they expedited the results because my husband was being deployed a week later. Oh, whoa. So we got the results and he was deployed a week to the day later. And my daughter had just turned one. So here we go. My husband's deployed, um, you know, have a one-year-old at home. I don't know anybody really in Virginia Beach. And so it was, it was a surreal moment. Um, but it was, it was like go time. I think the crazy thing is we, we hear all sorts of stories. They, but they mentally prepared me, I think for this diagnosis because they had me do my biopsy and no, first, I'm sorry, my mammogram. And so when I did my mammogram, they brought me back for an ultrasound right away and they immediately set me up with a nurse navigator. Um, so already, even though they never said the words cancer, they had set me up with somebody. And so when I went into that biopsy, I went in there like, this is cancer. Like I had already kind of mentally prepared myself. And so when they gave the results a couple days later, my husband and I, we looked at each other, we go, okay, now what do we do? And it was just immediate, like, go, go, go. I don't think it was till the end of my treatment, like chemotherapy, when I was, you know, said cancer-free, um, that I took a breath and was like, what happened? <laughs> like, yeah. What was that? Yeah. It's crazy. Cause it all happened so fast. And Christina, how was it for you? Um, for me, I mean, my heart always goes out to Tara because Tara had, you know, smaller children. And that's the thing about when you're younger, you have, um, different aspects of life going on. Not to say that anyone older doesn't have issues, you know, far Absolutely. as life, you know, living life, but when you're just starting out careers and have small kids or kids in school in any level, it's very, it's very difficult, especially having a military um, husband. So my heart always goes out to Tara's story for sure. Um, for me, I was 44, but I had prior to my life prior to breast cancer was still part of some form of potential cancer because in my twenties, they found um, precancerous cells actually further back than that. But um, that's when I had like a leak procedure done. But then I ended up having a whole bunch of complications after my daughter, after I tried to breastfeed, um, I started having problems with my breast and I was 26 at that point. And I kept on going back and forth to the doctor. Um, so they just kept on saying, you know, you have a little bit of dense tissue um, that sometimes that can cause pain. Uh, you know, fiber cystic. At one point, I used to be a smoker. So my breast had changed a little bit from that. Um, but I had no longer smoked in, at that point at 26. But it was just always, no, it's fine. You know, you're young and it doesn't run in your family. And, you know, um, so I'm like, well, why am I hurting? Do I have an infection? No, they look fine. There's nothing on the mammograms. And that was so by the time I found out that I did have breast cancer, which was 44 and 2019, 12, 6, 2019, 
um, I started just having like all these symptoms start to progress. But at that period in my life was very difficult because I had a daughter graduating from high school. Um, my son had already graduated. He was in the military, but I had just started my company, um, mental health agency with a partner. It was just like the timing of it all is just like, oh, and I was starting to have a new perspective on like, you know, middle age and trying to like, I'm a yeah. life again. Like you've got to be empty nester. And it was just the timing of it. But what really, I think, broke my heart the worst, I told them to call me. You know, if you see anything, call me. Because I had a first set of biopsies, which came back benign. Um, something very interesting. In 2015, I had mammogram done and the doctor ordered for an ultrasound and the radiologist did not give me the ultrasound. He said I didn't need it. Um, but... In his, you know, on the piece of paper that they give you, he did specify there was some dense tissue, but within normal range. So then later, fast forward to 2019, they pulled that same file. I pulled those records and actually had the actual report, what he stated. And he stated that there was calcifications, dense tissue, and I might need an ultrasound, but he had an order, but he never gave me one. Um, and it was the same calcifications in 2015, 2019. They compared the sizes and everything and they looked identical. So 2019, it was discovered. Um, nine times out of 10, I probably did have it back in 2015. Prior to that, in my 20s, probably was the beginning stages of something coming. But it was very um, disheartening. So when I ended up getting the, you know, negative biopsies in 2019, the first set, the radiologist looked at me and she's like, well, you know, um, there's an area that, you know, some calcifications, but they don't really look, can they might be cancerous, but we want to see if it's going to grow. There's another area like a shadow. We're just going to see if it's going to grow. So maybe in six months, come back. And I looked at her like, have you ever been through this? Like, right. you know, and she was like, well, I don't think you want me to keep on cutting on you. And I'm like, have you ever been through this? Like mm -hmm. something's wrong with me. And the doctor ended up, Dr. Espino had me to come back in two months. And within two months, it had grown. And I had ductal carcinoma in site two, stage zero ERPR positive. Um, they told me, to, you know, you can keep your right breast. It's fine. And I was like, no, something's wrong with it. And uh, I ended up doing a double mastectomy. So when I did a double mastectomy, they did state that it was not... It was not malignant on the right side. There was no cancer, but it was changing. And it felt like it did when I was in my 20s. So how the left one started. So I've had the double mastectomy, had complications. And with the complications was called breast implant illness and capsule contractor. And then I tried to, you know, do the expanders and reconstruction, but I cannot. So I just decided to stay flat. What is the story? Like both stories. And I'm going to, so I'm going to be going like back and forth. That's so fine. Tara, for you, yes. you had a young child, like you already said, like we both, you know, and mm -hmm. you had to go through the surgery and your husband wasn't there, right? Well, we were very, very lucky. He was sent back a week before my mastectomy. I'm sorry, not a week, a few days. Before you said? Before, before my mastectomy. So we had this month of waiting and any, anybody who goes through this knows it is the worst month. Um, you're just waiting for scans results. We had genetic testing. I took the opportunity to go get a second opinion. 
I was lucky enough to have taught like medical, you know, personnel um, in my family who was able to schedule a second opinion. And I felt really comfortable with my treatment plan once, you know, I heard from that. And just to piggyback off with what Christina said, um, my cancer was also invasive, ductal carcinoma with DCIS. And um, ER, PR positive, HER2 negative, which went through your diagnosis, you learned lingo. Um, I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, so that month was uh, MRI, a CT scan, genetic testing, where it came back that I do have a BRCA2 genetic, um, genetic, what is the word I'm bringing out? Become, not composition. Anyways, I have a box. I have a gene. <laughs> so it, it helps explain. And it was kind of a relief to help explain why a, you know, healthy, young 33-year-old would get cancer. Um, so it kind of gave me that peace of mind. And I talk a lot about empowerment. Um, I felt very empowered with that knowledge and to move forward. But to answer your question, so my husband was deployed. They sent him home two days before my mastectomy. Um, he was able to stay with me during that time. Um, I had a double mastectomy with immediate reconstruction. And um, we found out that it had started to spread to my lymph nodes. So my breast surgeon had removed 14 of them. And I woke up from surgery with a port already in place. And I think because of my age, because of the aggressiveness or the grade of the cancer and my genetic um, you know, composition. What is the word I'm thinking of, Christina? My genetic component? What, what, what word? She's going to come back on because she had okay. to hop off for a second. She's going to come back. Okay. Well, but keep anyways, going. You're doing great. Okay. Well, because of, because of my genetics, because of the BRCA gene, she immediately put a port in and um, she said, you know, you're going to have to have chemo. And it was, it was a little heartbreaking. However, I was like, okay, whatever I have to do to get it out of me, I don't care. Like, I want it gone yesterday, you know? Um, yeah. So he was able to stay home with me and my daughter during, it's called AC. Uh, they call it the Red Devil. It is just a very aggressive chemotherapy. So he stayed home with me for that. And then he had to go back. So I had him for a couple months and I did probably 12 Taxol uh, weekly chemo on my own with my daughter. So she was with me too. I had her um, on Mother's Day out a program for like one day a week on Monday when I had chemo and that was it. So it was, it was crazy. I, did, I will say I did have lots of family and friends who would come and stay with me for periods of time. My mother-in-law lived with us for like four months, but I did finish up um, my treatment. Just, just my little girl and I. And I, you know what? That bond is going to really bring you very close. Like, at because that that's you being vulnerable in that moment and she's seeing it and she's seeing you be strong, you know? And it's like, our children watch us, especially a daughter, you know, like our daughters mm -hmm. watch us. And to see, you know, because my daughter is four and she mm. she saw me and she just kept touching my face. That's all okay. she kept doing was like touching my face. And I just wanted to cry, but I yeah. couldn't. 
I was like, I got to keep it together because you're right. You couldn't allow yourself to really break at that moment. Like, were both of you, were your emotions detached when you were in go mode? Um, Tara, you have to tell the story about your little girl right there. I will. I will. Yeah. So Riley, her name is Riley. Um, she grew up with cancer in her life. It's just it's all she's known. And no, I mean, it's very weird because I'm a very emotional person. Like I watch a TV commercial and like if there's a man crying, I lose my mind and I cry. Like I, I'm very emotional, but I didn't cry a lot. And it wasn't that I was, I don't know, maybe I was detached, but I wasn't purposely trying to hide it from her because I, I, we, we talk emotions in our mm -hmm. house and we label them and we talk about them. Um, but I lost my hair and I was very much afraid of how she would react. Um, but she was fine. I have the most amazing pictures of her seeing me for the first time and touching my head. And I kind Aww. of, I re, I had to redefine love because you don't look like yourself. You don't feel like yourself. Um, the world looks the same from your point of view, but then you look in the mirror and you're reminded like, oh yeah, I'm bald. Yeah. I don't have my eyelashes. Um, but her and my, when my husband was around, they would just absentmindedly pat my bald head. And it's like how I redefined love, which is really sweet. Um, but the story that, that Christy was talking about, Riley was, she had to have been four because she was able to articulate it enough. We were out in public somewhere. And she saw a woman who had a breast cancer ribbon. And she said, mommy, that lady, like she speaks your language. <gasps> and I said, what? What are you talking about? And she says, look, she has your mark. And so whenever she sees, and even now, whenever she sees a breast cancer, um, whenever she sees a breast cancer ribbon, she says, you know, is that one of your ladies? And I say, yeah, yep, that one of my ladies, yep. She just knows. She says pink is the color of our house. You know, it's just oh. very much, yeah. Oh, I know but, that story is just so powerful. That, oh, it pulled my heartstrings because it takes yeah. me back to how it was with me and my daughter. And it, it, it was very vulnerable. And for me, I am very emotional on the inside but on the outside what all this has taught me is how to be vulnerable on the outside um yep. and there were times when I wanted like I had to wrap you know like wrap the the um what are those things that dangled off of us um oh the JP the brat yeah the um jack the drink the, the um I called them um little cow udders like right uh. after surgery I had um my drains that's what they are duh right. um and I had to rewrap myself up and I couldn't. And so she helped me. And let me tell you, it was a lot. It was a lot of being vulnerable. Christina, were you emotionally kind of detached from it? Um, I would say that for me, I ended up, um, I don't know, at, in the beginning, I guess because I've dealt with trauma so much in life. I do have ability to detach from things. So I have to watch that very closely because I don't ever mm -hmm. want to be so detached that I'm not present at all. Um, exactly. So it's it's definitely a defense mechanism for me that I'm very, very, very well aware of. But with this, I what I did, I allowed myself to be in the emotions of it all as it happened. 
So I always have this motto of um, take one second at a time because that's what I felt like I had to do because there was moments where I felt like I was just in the days walking around, um, you know, going to doctor's appointments. I had my family members, so they took notes, thank goodness. Because I realized there's certain things that I missed that the doctor said that um, I didn't realize it till later. But I wouldn't say I detached this time. What I did was just allow myself when I was upset to be upset, but to not take myself to a point of, you know, harming myself or being mean, trying, you know, I did have irritability, but not trying to be overly mean towards everybody else. Um, but I did not fully detach. I do have a tendency when there's things that I have to do, I do them and I get very tunnel focused and driven and I just get through it. I remember one time someone asked me when my husband went overseas to war, you know, what are you, you know, how do you feel? Because, you know, he's gone and, you know, and I'm looking at them like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm just doing it. Like I'm getting through. And so that's the same mentality I took even with this at certain points. Like I don't have time to focus on certain aspects of it because I know if I do, I'm not going to say I would give up, but I didn't want to slip into a depression because I need to be alert. So I did take one second at a time, allow myself to feel the emotions, allow myself to be vulnerable, not only with myself, but with my family members to care for me. And I love hearing this. I love this because, and, and this is being open. Like, I know you guys have told your stories before, you know, and I'm hearing it, but, but <laughs> to feel it, I mean, like, so, okay. Uh, Tara, you did end up getting um, surgery, right? Reconstructing surgery, correct? Yes, I had a double mastectomy and it was non-nipple sparing, um, meaning I did not have my nipples or areola and I had immediate reconstruction. Oh, right after. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And then you didn't, Christine, or you did, right? But then there was complications. Yes. So I tried to do a double mastectomy with reconstruction, but I had complications. But yeah, I still, you know, lost my nipples and just went flat after that. So first thought that came into both of y'all's head when you heard the diagnosis, like honest thought, what was it for you, Tara? You can go first. I didn't want to die. My, my first thought was I remember going home and, you know, my daughter, I still rocked her at night. You know, she was just one. I remember rocking her and crying and holding on so tight. Like I, when she fell asleep, I didn't want to put her down. And I was just so afraid. I'm like, you go, you go to, I went to a dark place immediately. I went to, am I going to see her graduate? Am I going to see her get married? Or am I going to see all the great things she's going to accomplish in this life? And it was very scary. And it still is. I still face that fear. It doesn't go away. Like, it just doesn't. And, you know, I just, at that moment, you know, thought, you, you just, you're going to fight. <laughs> like, you have, I have no choice. Have I'm going to fight. And I was in go mode. And, you know, it's, it's, it's scary. And it's still scary. They, the, what you'll hear a lot. Um, and you'll experience that I'm sure is that they compare it to the best analogy, a gun that's pressed to the back of your neck and it's just lightly pressed and you can't see it, but you can feel it. 
And every once in a while, it pushes a little tighter. And that fear of it, not if it's going to go off, but when is it going to go off? And that's just, I mean, and it's, it's real. I'm being very honest. Like, that's just, I don't live my life in a darkness. I don't, I'm a very positive person, um, you know, and I faced my diagnosis with positivity. You know, I, re I really do. It, it's, it's just how I live. However, that gun is there and I am convinced and I just know it. It's going to kill me one day. Like it will. And it's just, I have to live my life until then. That's just kind of how I feel about it. Mm. I appreciate the vulnerability. Like yeah. legit, I do. And how many years are you cancer free? Right it now? will be, it will be five years in, in December. Five years. Yeah, it's 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 bananas. <laughs> and and they say and it's crazy, they they don't say they don't say cancer free anymore. They say Ned, no evidence of disease. Um, but the really what I found to be very scary, you know, I went through chemotherapy. I'm on I'm on medic daily medication, um, because my cancer was hormone driven and they finished chemo and they're like, Okay. That's it. You're done. We'll see you back in three months. And I was like, what, what, what do you mean I'm done? Right? Are you going to do testing? They're like, no. I go, well, how, how do you, how do you know? Like, how do you know it's gone? And they're like, well, we did everything. We did, you know, it's just, you have to monitor. And so you go for blood work and um, they do tumor marking where they, they just, like watch your levels and everything and you have to just be on top of it and if you have any symptoms they go through the whole spiel like have you had this have you had this have you had headaches you know like you know the spiel like they go through this whole list and you're like no 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 hopefully no and that's what you rely on and what really scares me is I did not have any symptoms right like I let's talk about symptoms. that no symptoms yeah I didn't have symptoms. I had nothing, no, and it's usually skin related, nothing with my skin, no, no pulling, no dimpling. Um, I, I didn't have any of those. I was a new mom, so I was tired, but I mean, hello, I had an, like an infant. And so like, it's just, it, that really scares me. Like I didn't have any of these crazy symptoms that they go through and I had cancer. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like it is like a slap in the face. And for you to say that it's like a gun to the back of the neck. Yes, that's real. It is because you don't mm -hmm. know. But the yeah. key that you sat there and said to it was like, you keep going. Yep. And I yeah. love that. I love that. Christina, can we yes. talk about. OK, so how did um, how did we get into here for the girls? How did you get into it? First, explain. Can either of you explain what here for the girls is all about? Mm -hmm. Tara, would you like that question? Sure. We are a nonprofit organization that aims at improving the lives of young women affected by breast cancer under the age of 51. And the reason why we work with that demographic is because women in this season of life have a whole different set of priorities and life challenges that our more older population are probably not experiencing, like young children, careers, and things like that. 
Um, so we offer free emotional support um, through our different support groups. Um, we have gatherings. We have like you went to our retreat, our yearly retreat, where we have yes, it was so fun. It was amazing. It's just a way for us to all come together. Um, there's education, like it's just it's an amazing, incredible organization. Like it really is. I love it. And it I felt like home. Like walked in there and like yeah. It was, it was like everyone just vibed. It was nothing but love. Yes. And yeah. it was amazing. It is. It's so the amazing. Staff is incredible as well. And I mean, and oh, and I should, I would like to mention um, all of our facilitators for our different groups, we are survivors. So we volunteer our time. We are survivors. Um, and our founders, they were they are also breast cancer survivors. And then the staff, it's a small staff of women. Um, a few are survivors, most are not, but they are just an incredible group of women. Like they they are here for us. They they really are. They they do all that they can for the ladies that our organization serves. I love it. I absolutely love it. We're having some issues with technology because why not, right? Like, why not? Why not? (laughs) So I'm trying to get Christina back on here because I want her to answer some questions about what it is that she does as well. So hold on, you guys. Tara, I mean, I could keep going on and on for you because with you, I feel so connected to your story, like Mm -hmm. with the bond with you and your daughter. Yeah, that that was it, man. Like that that mm-hmm. really tugs on my heartstrings. And like you're you are such a super upbeat person. Just meeting you, I was just like, whoa! Again, after meeting all of you, I was just like, oh my gosh! Like y'all are like me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like oh, my I, I can't believe it, you know, because you when things like that happen, you don't talk to people like you do, but right. they don't understand, no. you know, and they try. But to speak to someone, like, when I hear y'all's story and the stories of other women in the organization, like, I'm so in awe. Because, again, I said it with uh, the last meeting that we had. We all cheated death, you know? And mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that the gun is in the back of our neck or whatever, we still cheated death. So if you can cheat it once, you can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Christina, yes. tell us a little bit more. So after your um, your surgery... And, and whatnot, how have you given back? Oh, gosh. Um, I just, that's what I do. When I have traumatic things that happen, I always, when I got diagnosed, the first thing I thought of, it wasn't so much why. It was what did, because I, I, I do believe in God. So for me, it was like from a faith perspective. So it was like, what do you want me to do with this? Because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just felt like I was led to share. So ever since I've been just sharing my story wherever I can, that's what I do. Was it hard for you to do it? No. I love it. No, I'm very transparent. I think for me, it, being flat ended up actually giving me the gift of more confidence. Let me tell you, yes. Yeah. Yes. I just so. put Jennifer Hudson right now through a shoe like, yes. <laughs> you feel empowered. 
<laughs> you do. Like I yeah. do. Keep talking. How how is it with you with with being flat? How is your experience? You do feel empowered, but tell me more. Yeah, I would say the biggest complication I had with it outside of, you know, just the scar tissue, which is so painful at times. Um I think the other big thing was intimacy with my husband because my breast played a big factor at one point, you know? So that was very difficult to adjust to that. But I had a friend who goes to here for the girls. He was like, she's flat too. And she's like, just explore your body again with your husband. Um, and that was such good advice. But now, like I can count on one hand how many times I've worn my prosthetics in the last year, three years. It's maybe five, literally. Um, I just, I feel free. I feel free in who I am as a person. Um, I've gotten to know myself more. The new me, because you do change. Yes. That to everybody. Somebody was like, yeah, you know, I just lost and I can't get back to where I used to be. I say, don't even try. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, you get to redefine a new person. Right, because you had you had trauma and trauma will affect you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it affects you mentally, spiritually, physically, all aspects. It affects you and you have to learn to live in that space and know, try to get to know new triggers that happen. So each day I literally just try to take it one second, one minute at a time because there could be a trigger that I don't even know about. Matter of fact, Tara was with me on one of those triggers not too long ago. I went to the doctor because BCIS, you do not get any type of blood work or testing done after you've had um, a double mastectomy. Wait, what is that? Why? Because some doctors want to say it's like a precancer, but it is it's straight up cancer in the ducts. It has not become invasive. So because it hasn't become invasive, they don't take it to the degree of getting blood work done every year or anything of that nature. It's pretty much if you feel something, you know, with your hands um, or if you have some other form of a symptom, then they'll go to the next extent of testing. But for DCIS who, has, who have had a mastectomy, double mastectomy, they do not do any more testing unless there's reason. If you've had DCIS and a lumpectomy, then they will do further testing every year, like your mammograms and um, ultrasound. But because our tissue is gone, they don't deem it um, don't deem it a reason to do that. But I had a cyst underneath my armpit for years, and it had gotten a little bigger. And um, long story short, I had gone to the, see the Dr. Spina gave me the ability to get an ultrasound. And Tara was with me that day on the phone um, mm -hmm. and I was just sharing with her and I came out of that appointment. I didn't realize I was going to be triggered. Had I known, I would have had someone to come with me, but I went in for the ultrasound. I figured, you know, I could it be cancer? Yes. But would I be addressed really, you know, aggressively in that appointment? Probably not. And I was. And the technician stopped what she was doing, went and got the radiologist. She comes in and he was like, I can't say it's not cancer, but it's not a cyst. And after that, I just stopped. I froze. I started crying. I left immediately as soon as I walked out. Because of the bond that Here for the Girls has created with us, I contacted Tara. And um, I cried. And she let me be me in that moment. Um, but it has been a challenge 
and you just never know. Like it changes your life so much. And like I said, that was a trigger I didn't even realize that I had until it happened. But thank goodness for support because I was able to lean on my sister in that time. And then lean on them until I got my report back, which was weeks later from pathology. There's so many things. Like when I, I hear this like horror stories of doctors, and this isn't putting doctors down, but when I hear different stories from um other ladies about this in the organization, and I'm just like, I want to fight this whole medical system. <laughs> because sometimes it's not, I don't understand why. That's never mind. Um, so anywho, that was gonna get me going. Um, because I feel like that we have to take charge we have to ask these questions and if we have to demand because clearly you know if you saw this it's something you know but then for this for the who well, the radiologist you said who said that it's not this but it could like right I like that puts you in a whole mind fuck excuse my language but <laughs> my, my viewers already know my listeners know i have a potty mouth um <laughs> but it puts your brain in, in that whole fight or flight like you're scared yeah. You have to constantly live in that fear. That's not good. Yeah. It was um it was definitely it shocked me that I had that reaction, to be honest with you. I, I I never I never walk around like I can't have a reaction, but I just didn't know that was gonna happen that that day like that. But I'm thankful for the support. And it's a, it's okay for y'all, you know, they, they are doctors. They can come in and say things to you. Um, and I think for me, it was a good thing that he said what he said because then it led Dr. Sina, even though she's like, no, it is a cyst. And she was very persistent with what her diagnosis was. And he's very persistent with, with his. But I made the choice to advocate for myself and say, okay, cool. I got both doctors, the radiologist, different things. Let's get the other doctor, which is a pathologist involved. Yes. And let them solidify what it really is. That part is so important. Again, advocating for yourself because you can hear the opinions of everyone else, but at the end of the day, they are humans. You know your body. Right. You know, you know once you like sit with it, you know your body, right? So- I mean, there. I'm. How do you feel like women advocate for themselves when it comes to this at times? No. Uh, yeah. No. Go ahead, Tara. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I I was gonna say I don't I don't think we advocate as much as we should. I think women are used to being caretakers and putting others first, and we put ourselves last typically when it comes to our family. And I think a lot of women are just kind of resigned to accept whatever sometimes comes their way and put trust. And listen, like it's doc the doctor saved my life. I I thank my oncologist every time I see him. I say thank you. Like you this is your job, but you you allow me to keep living. Like you saved my life. But you know, it's like you said, they're human. This is, this is your job, and we put our trust in them as we should, but there's a point where it shouldn't be blind trust. You yeah. should be willing to explore all your options. You should feel comfortable asking questions. You should know your body, and you should fight for it. We, we had one boober who, and I will always quote her, she said, I have a right to be put back the way that I want. 
And I was like, yes. Yes, you do. You have the right to be put back the way that you want to do, and you should fight for it. And sometimes, like it's said that you have to sometimes. It really is. But, but you deserve it. A hundred percent. It's your body and it's your life. Right. It's so true because like Tara said, number one, um, I work with a few different organizations, some being African-American, some being just multicultural, whatever. But the thing about it is that I found thus far is that there is disparity still within the medical field. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not just race. You have the disparity, like Tara said, of being just a woman and having maybe a... I've seen two things. I've seen where there's men physicians, not all, but some that are men physicians that don't really give the respect to women as they deem and they utilize social norms, so-called norms, to be the way of what a woman should have as far as like implants, deep flat versus saying if a woman says, I want to be flat. And it's like, well, you might not be comfortable being flat. How are you to tell me what I might be comfortable with? And if I'm not, let me deal with that. Um, so having those options out there without people denying them or without waking up and looking butchered after having a flat procedure and you say you want to go flat and you show them pictures and you wake up and you have all excess skin, which has happened to multiple people that I know. So you have the discrepancy of just being a woman and some women, you know, some women don't like women. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, so you have that. And then you have the, the, the race, the different races that go through things. And then what I'm finding now recently is ageism. Um, mm-hmm. As women get older, they aren't always given the options that they, that they want far as getting, um, you know, lumpectomy versus mastectomy and or getting reconstruction. Now, some of them, I'm, I guess with age, they may have other difficulties as far as medically, but at least give them the whole, what their choices could be based off what you know versus just saying, I think this is the best option for you. That's not, that's not right at all. So those are areas that I try very hard when I um, do kind of like wellness, wellness coaching with breast cancer patients is go over every single aspect with them to help them be able to advocate for themselves or whoever's going with them to help them help them advocate for themselves because like Tara said, we should be put back together um, like we want to, even though it's never going to be like it was, but at least like we desire to be moving forward. Absolutely. You know, I know for me, this was a huge experience on one, killing my ego um, and two, learning self-love to Mm -hmm. the core. To the core, because you want to know, you you got to love yourself in order to advocate for yourself. Yes. Right? Or else you're just throwing the decisions to everyone. And this is outside of even cancer. This is just in general. But you have to love yourself. Like, this taught me so much. And I've only just experienced it, you know? But I've learned to just love me. And then women like you and the other women, you know, in the organization, even women that I, like, come in contact with, in general, you know, for like work or whatnot. I'm so amazed of just like hearing everyone's story because everyone's story tells a piece of of our own story. Because everyone's a mirror, you know? And like, I, I couldn't have asked to like literally meet a really great batch of people like 
um, the meeting that we had, that you all had um, for the new diagnosis. I think that's fabulous to have. Fabulous. And so how long has that part been in it? Like, is that new? Like, are you too new to it? Did you open that up yourselves? Like, yeah. So, you know, everything for here for the girls initially was in person groups and then 2020 hit and changed the world forever. And it gave it gave here for the girls the opportunity to reach more women via a virtual platform. And so I actually joined as a facilitator and I opened up the newly diagnosed group in July of 2020. And so it was just something that they always kind of wanted to do, but didn't know how to do it. And COVID, you know, provided the perfect opportunity. and it has shifted since then. It, one of the things that I discovered, you know, doing the group was that there was a big discrepancy between newly, newly diagnosed women and women who have been either like through treatment or just kind of finishing up. You're in a different mind, you know, headspace at that point. And so, you know, I brought it to the attention of the staff and they worked really hard and they made changes. And so now we we service women who are um, newly diagnosed up to and then up to six months for this group specifically. And it's because of the mindset when you're newly diagnosed, that that time is so vulnerable. You're so vulnerable. You don't know what your treatment's going to be. You don't even fully understand your diagnosis. And so we wanted to really make sure that those women felt a very particular support versus, um, you know, because you know, once you go through surgery, you've reached that hurdle, your mind, your mindset has shifted. And if you're going through chemo or radiation and you're like halfway through or almost done, like it's just, it's, it's very fascinating. Um, and then Christina was joined. Oh gosh, what, has it been like a year, Christina? Um, I think it's been a yeah, about a year or some change maybe because I know initially I had started with DCIS and then we just didn't have you know um as many uh it just seemed like the newly diagnosed was the best fit for mm-hmm. everything as far as with what I was what we were trying to start with my group. So I think that was a, probably about a year after my diagnosis. So maybe going on two years actually. Oh my, oh god. Or a year and a half, something yeah. around there. <laughs> it just feels like it's been always like we, I, I love, we love each other so much. I love you, it's too. a connection. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. beautiful because it's needed. That support is so needed. It's so needed. Yeah. The, yeah, the support with like here for the girls, the support that you create with, you know, because some people you'll get along a little bit more than other people. That's life. Um, but for the most part, all of us like literally get along. It's just amazing to see it. But then it's like platforms like this to get the voice out there to let people know what's really going on um, when we're dealing with this diagnosis. It's yes. so, so vital because just like we have the disparities, um, you know, we have our metavisor family, you know, the women who have um, metastatic breast cancer. Sometimes they feel forgotten about. Um, so it's just like, and then the triple negative, like the areas where you need more research and need 
for people to understand that so that we can get more funding and get more attention to the support groups as well and to platforms. So platforms like this podcasting is so essential, so essential to getting the voice, our voices out. It's gaining, it's it's spreading the, the light, wisdom and, and, you know, when you go through something and you transform and, and then you, you're a whole new person and that, that knowledge that you got from that experience, you share it. And that's the most beautiful thing to do. And that's what I love what, about you two, you know, and everyone else, but because I'm only speaking to you two, you two, <laughs> because <laughs> like, so there, it may not be a hundred percent every day, right? Of course not. We're people, but you already, you're focused on I'm healed. And like, so just to be brief, like what are like the mental things that you all did to strengthen your mind? Um, for me, I picked up, oh gosh. So I definitely prayed like part of my morning routine was prayer with a diffuser, meditation, mindfulness. Yes. Get my day started. Um, and then I would go for walks because initially I was only maybe, maybe walking 500 feet. I had so many complications from being sick. Um, but then I just started doing trails. That was a big thing when I was recovering was going to the parks and doing various trails in, in the local area where I'm living, like Pocahontas Park. And just becoming one with nature, um, allowing nature to speak to me as I walk, you know, uh, so I did a lot of walking. I like with my husband, but then I liked a lot of walking by myself just to get in, you know, just get in a good headspace. That was something that I did later. I picked up doing weight training, which I love. Um, outside of that, I did some reading, not a lot. I was first on a lot of meditation, so I yeah. didn't much because I was high. All the time, to be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see. I could barely walk, so I could barely see. <laughs> so. Uh, I did a lot of sleeping, <laughs> a lot. And that's important, though, because a lot of people, especially women, like Tara said from a while ago, we are the caregivers usually and the nurturers. So we are the doers. And I remember falling apart because I couldn't scoop soft ice cream. And I was just like, oh, my God, what good am I, you know? So I had to end up, that's when I got into the mindfulness and, you know, just a lot of prayer because that was, that worked for me, but that doesn't work for everybody. So I think it's good to try different things to see what, what you like. And we did a lot of art therapy too in the house. Like me and my husband did a lot of um, painting and yeah, that was mostly it. Just a lot and a lot of journaling, a lot of journaling. Mm -hmm. So those were some, and I, that, that was some of the things that I did. I love it. Tara, what about you? Uh, so during treatment, I I started started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I, I had start so I had played it before I was diagnosed when we were in California. My husband wanted to learn and I humored him. I was like, okay, I'll humor you. Um, I enjoyed it. And then it I I'm it's how I met like my best friend here and um, it got me through treatment to be able to just like forget and to go to this fantasy world where you can be anything and you know it it really really helped and then kind of the I, I would like to I want to just kind of also touch on for me my healing really needed to take place after my treatment 
that's when I really stopped um, and had to heal mentally. Um, and I started practicing yoga, you know, daily and trying to practice mindfulness, which really helps with the fear that I have um, when we talk about, oh, what's the word? Um, that things aren't, that, oh my gosh, what's the word that they say for, clearly my mind has not healed from chemo. What is it going to like impermanence, impermanence. So focusing on that, and then along with Christina, I think um, weightlifting. I have, you know, a, I have a coach, and so I lift weights, and um, that has been a, a big part of it. It's the thing with cancer is you don't have control over it. Mm-hmm. You you don't have control. It's it's, and that's a very hard thing to do. And so I think a lot of us, a lot of survivors, we of course try to take control in our lives where we can. Um, and that's, you know, fitness and health and weightlifting. It's, I think it helps. Also, fun fact, um, you can build up your bone density. Yep. So like I have osteopenia from no estrogen in my body and a way to, you know, kind of kick me out of that is to build up my bone density through weightlifting, um, which I didn't know, which is really cool. I love this. See, I'm so glad y'all are dropping jewels to help people. Like, I love this. So let me, let me, let me drop this last two questions that I always ask every co-host that comes on here. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Number one, because everyone knows that I work with energy and astrology. Ladies, what are your astrological signs? Oh, <laughs> uh, mine is a Libra. Wait. Who is mine? You got to say who you are, Christina. Oh, Christina. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Christina, I'm a Libra. Love it. Tara? Tara. So I'm Tara. I'm a Scorpio. However, I am on the cusp and I identify as a Libra more than a Scorpio. (laughs) I remember when we had this conversation. I laughed so hard. I was like, why are you afraid of your Scorpio side? I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like, cause I mean, I'm October 27th. So I'm like, really are close. A cusp. yep. But it's not bad to be that Scorpio works for you. Right? That Scorpio helps you with your shadow side, which is your fears. And that's why you are so easy. It's easy for you. Not easy. I don't like to say that word, but that's why for you, it's, it's, it's about, you're not afraid to go into the dark. You're not mm-hmm. afraid, like your emotions may scare you, but that's the Libra in you, you know, because you know, it's all about that balance, but it's, it's more about, you are not afraid to go through the trenches and then being a Libra and you two doing what you're doing, it's about justice. Mm-hmm. That's what a Libra does. And, and it's an air sign. So it's your words, your words are what help people. Your words are what help people to, to crack the code of not letting this stuff get to you and that's why i'm like i love this i love this. i can go on and on about your signs but that's a whole nother ball game that's another podcast second is if you were to have one song on your soundtrack of life there's plenty we all know what is what or what would it be all right they do you want to go christina or you want me to go you can go i gotta think about that for a second okay because i have so many uh, yeah, so, okay, 
So it's, I would say yes, like there's so many, but the one song that's always, 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 I relate it to my journey is Tom Petty, I Won't Back Down. I blasted that song on my way to my mastectomy. I told my husband I wanted to drive. I drove us to the hospital. I blasted that song. And it is my, like, yep, I won't back down. I love it. Okay. um, I would, gosh, excuse me. I would say... Oh, me. I have two, but I'm just going to go with the one that got me through during that time, and that was Refiner by Maverick City. Mm. So, Care to explain why? Um, because for me, that song meant that even though what my belief is in with God and even though anything that comes my way may put me through a fire, it still will continue to refine me. Ooh. Y'all both gave me goosebumps. <laughs> goosebumps. I love it. I love it. I love it. Ladies, can you tell the people how they can find you? Christina, talk about your book and your podcast. We have a couple of minutes. Talk oh, yourselves up. How can everyone find you? Okay, you can find me. You can find my website at www.cminer and it's M-I-N-E-R-L-L-C.com. You can find me there. You can find me at Christina Minor on IG and Facebook. I have a book coming out eventually. I'm not going to talk too much about that. <laughs> but I have sorry, sorry, out. sorry. Hey, that's okay. Um, already out, so I'm like, no, 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 it's not out yet. It's coming. Um, okay. I have two books coming out, prayerfully before the end of the year. And then, um, outside of that, I do wellness coaching, like she already mentioned, and I just love to talk to people. I just started now podcasting, Yay. and you can find me on all platforms at Our Stars Speak. And I also do IG lives and Facebook lives and yeah, here for the girls. I'm there. Yep. Those are- Make sure you guys check out her art gram that she oh, yeah. has. That was an amazing, oh man. Yeah, That's there's so an great. article in Women's Health Magazine, digital Women's Health ma- Magazine. So you can find it online. If you put in Christina Minor Women's Health or Christina Minor Women's Health uh, flat reconstruction, you'll find the article there. I love it. I love it. Tara, how can the people find you? Um, she said, really oh. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, don't uh, I know, Christina, see, okay, Christina, when we talk about advocacy, Christina is like, she is out there. She is doing magazine interviews, like, she is amazing on a whole other level. Um, yeah, I don't know, I so I'm. I wrote a children. I co-wrote a children's book uh, called My yeah. Mommy Fight. Right. Talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. well, She's out there, y'all. Don't let her. No, no, no. But it hasn't been published yet. We. Um. So I wrote it with another friend. Who? Okay. Really quick. Really crazy. I went to high school with her. We were diagnosed at 33 within um, a month of each other. Oh wow. Both had young kids. Uh, so we were our support through our the whole thing. And so we wrote this book. And it's a, it's a love letter to our our kids, but it's to help it's to help Aww. families and mothers specifically go through this journey with their kids. And it's told through the point of view of a child, of what they see their mom going through. And it talks about surgery, chemo, radiation, 
Um, and it's just how her mommy is fighting. And so that, stay tuned, I guess. Like, I'll let you know, Candy. It's coming out. You know why? Because it went from a thought to now you said it out loud, which means that you oh. have to take accountability, which means you well, got to no, it's already. It. It's already illustrated and everything. Yeah. Like it's just getting it published. And we, what we're trying to do right now is we're trying to make it a part of our welcome package for here for the girls for anybody who has young children, um, oh. to automatically. So we're looking into grants so they can automatically get this book to help them. Um, and also, I'm writing something with my. Oh God, this is a whole other podcast. Um, I'm writing something with my surrogate. We were going through surrogacy because I can't have any more children. Um, and it's it's. It's through the whole surrogacy process from both of our point of views. So like mm. it mirrors. So why surrogacy for me? Why surrogacy for her? And so that's something that we're just like typing out. We're working on it and we're just going to get it. We'll pass it around Facebook and stuff so you can share it when it comes out. But um, it's just to get it out there just to let people know, you know, how the process works, especially for our, our survivors who, you know, cancer diagnosis doesn't, isn't um oh god sorry it isn't the end if you want to grow your family so mm, Tammy, can i say something really quick please because miss tara over here like she is so phenomenal not only about the books but she's also a military wife she has and i think it's important to really elaborate on that because in the military world it's a world within a world, right? Yeah. So we have our own space. Not trying to be funny, but it is like that. So, <laughs> so with that being said, there may be some military wives or men who are contending with breast cancer. And Tara's like the one. She's the yes. one. I mean, like, my husband's retired now. So I do know about military life, but she's actively, her husband's active. And I, I really see that really being a thing. Um, but nevertheless, she's the girl to really go to for women who are active, you know, have husbands that are active or even if they're active duty, she's phenomenal. Tara is really phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Toot your horn, Tara. There you go. Don't toot it louder. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you both are phenomenal or phenomenal. You both are amazing to me. I'm so honored. I, I mean, I'm not going to, I can't keep, not saying I'm honored to have met you and I'm honored to have had you on here to spread light and to spread oh. your knowledge and your wisdom like you're helping so many people around the world Can and you? like you're honored it's yeah it's, oh thanks I'm like oh, thing I'm like Tara I'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> <We're born laughs> <laughs> so I understand how you are Tara but I'm just like oh but no I, Candy you're phenomenal because like this is needed. It's needed. Yeah. Period. I don't care how many podcasters or people going IG live, like whatever. We need all that we can get. And for you to allow us to come up here, I think was especially not even, you know, you just pretty much met. Yeah. Connected. Um, and I thank you for that. And I thank you for being bold enough to have this podcast and for encouraging other people like myself to go ahead and get it up and running. So no, I thank you a lot. Appreciate you. Thanks, you guys. I'm like, cheers to, to more things, I tell you. It's nothing but up, literally. Like, I just, energy recognizes, like, good energy recognizes good energy. And yes. you guys got yeah. it, you know? And I'm, I can't, I can't wait to get this out so then people can feel the story. Not hear, feel. 
Right. Like you don't have to be going through this just to feel someone else's walk in their shoes. You know, I hope I just said that right. Cause I felt like you, I did. No, you nailed it. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> like it, you don't have to be going through it in order to, to understand, like to understand someone else's story. And yeah. I, I love it. I love this. So ladies, thank you again. Say goodbye to the people. Oh, and before I say say goodbye, every because I haven't done this in so long. <laughs> Hold on. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. You guys, find <laughs> them on Facebook. Find them on Instagram. If you have breast cancer, ladies, it's time to stand up. We don't have to yeah. be ashamed. We don't have to feel guilty. We don't, like, it's, it's okay to feel, but just don't sit in it, you know? And, like, get in this support group. Any support group. But, like, you don't have to be from Virginia to be in it. You, it's, it's global, right? Is it? It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if uh, thank you for mentioning that really quickly. If there's any woman out there who needs support, you go to hereforthegirls.org. And yes, we have women all across the United States. Um, we're, we're here. We're here for you. As my daughter would say, you speak our language. You have our mark. We are here for you. Oh, I love it. Your daughter is deep. What is her? What's her sign? Her birthday is February 28th. I don't know. What is she? Pisces. <laughs> I think that's a Pisces. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. No wonder yes. she. Okay. I, oh, I love it. Okay. She's lady. <laughs> oh, wise. Oh, wise child of mine. This is her. Yeah. I love it. All right, ladies. Thank you again. Thank you. Please thank say you. goodbye to the people. Bye. Bye. Thank you, ladies. I'll see you soon. <laughs> All, All right. right. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.